welcome to The Process, a podcast about creative people and their creative processes. I'm Kevin Hugerworth. I'm John Lee. Hey, I just woke Hello. up. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Process listeners. Uh, what it we... might not be the morning yeah. when you listen to this. It might, might not even be the morning for most people. Well, he would be bad radio hosts. So <laughs> no, like, I would mm, make it... Mm, I could get well, it together. I want coffee and a bagel. And I could get it whatever. together if I was not a taking requests today. Oh, it's 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's not that early. The, it's not the, that early. The recording program was giving me issues. All I had to do was pl- unplug and plug back in the recording device. I couldn't even... Well, I did that with the microphone, yeah. but the device itself... That's like a, that's something I could have figured out. Yeah, well, I mean, I did every. I like closed the program, reopened the program, I changed microphones, I, uh, I actually fixed a problem. I had the wrong input set, and I set that up. I fixed a lot of problems, and I haven't. Here's my first sip of coffee of the day. Mm, Listen to this. Who bought that coffee for you? John Lee. It's from yeah. Starbucks. It's, oh, yeah. that's actually kind of good. Yeah. What brew is Starbucks that? Starbucks is good. No, Starbucks is... What? Starbucks, yeah, Starbucks is, 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 like, the, is, is right in the middle for yeah, coffee. Yeah, exactly. It's that's neither it's good, good nor bad. Yeah. It's like the most consistently good chain coffee. Most consistently fine. It's consistent. It's like, as far as chain coffees go, it's the best one. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's everywhere. So like, that's why, why are you wearing a hood? Dependable. I don't know. I Is just, it cold, me? I don't know if it's cold, but I'm like, I'm tired. And <laughs> you feel safer. Yeah, I feel All safer. Right. We were up late last night watching Attack yeah. of the Clones. <laughs> There's no Attack of the Clones. There's no Attack of the Clones. The only just Attack of the, cl- the Clones. Star Wars Episode Two. Clones are here. Django Fed attacks, and the clones are of him. Right. <laughs> I guess they. I guess they attack, but like they're they're. In this movie, they're they're the good guys. So oh. it, I don't know. The, oh, the title they, the title yeah. implies that the the good guys get attacked by the clones. But, but maybe George Lucas is a genius. Like maybe, like the Jedi. Since so. the Jedi are basically like cops for the Republic, and they serve the the needs of or like they they're they're just cops. They're glorified cops. I don't think so. It, they're all clones. <laughs> they're all clones. They have no uniqueness. They serve the same purposes: protect the Republic, rete- protect the established government. I don't think Bullshit. any theory should be prefaced with maybe George Lucas is a genius. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. just kidding. I thought that Attack of the Clones. Is worse. I think. I think it's worse than Phantom Menace. I, I mean, Phantom it's Menace. Worse is, I actually was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. But all, Phantom Menace is a worse movie. But I, I like Attack of the Clones less. I I, I, th- I actually enjoyed Attack of the Clones better than Phantom Menace, which is strange. I know it's like the wrong opinion, but I also haven't seen Attack of the Clones like since I was a kid. So or, or Phantom Menace. Yeah. I guess that's the point. They of why surprisingly we're do not do not hold up at all. I thought like maybe it was like oh nostalgia will like get me through this, but like they're know. bad. Oh the dial yeah. all the dialogue and acting is garbage, but. I don't know. It, d- it didn't bother me because I knew it was garbage going into it. So like, no, always, I was surprised. I'm surprised by how bad it is. Oh, I was surprised by like the other parts of how much I enjoyed it because I wasn't surprised by how bad it was because I knew how bad it was. Right. Um, we have a lot to say about Attack of the Clones. Apparently, uh, how are you doing, John? I'm good. I'm I'm like I'm kind of sick. Oh, still, yeah. So if you can hear me sucking on a cough drop in this episode, yeah, I have to. I'm sorry. So the episode's coming out hopefully on a Friday, and that's because yeah. I have to spend extra time Today's going Friday. through. Yeah, it's hopefully yeah. coming out later today. Okay, um, but because <laughs> I have to go through and turn down all of John sucking on his cough drop. Even J- Jake was even like, "It's the microphone's gonna pick that up." I'm like, "It'll be fine." I didn't hear. It it. Unfortunately, fine. I didn't hear it at the time. <laughs> it wasn't fine. It's not fine. Yeah. It's gross. You're just like, 
Is it? Oh my god! Because well, well, the, episode... the way I, I edit these is I just throw a compressor on, so it boosts the lows and crushes the highs, <laughs> and so the, it's a low sound. Right. I'm sorry. The, the stu- episode yeah. is great, regardless of that. Kevin, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm 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 moving back to California in a month. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm starting you, to feel weird about you it. You got graduation goggles. Yeah. Every, every every you walk by every restaurant, and you're just like. It's the last time you yeah. eat at that restaurant. Even I've though never, I, I never, never liked it though. I've never even been to this restaurant, but now I never can go. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to walk down State Street yeah. on, on a Tuesday. I'll never go to this grocery outlet again. Yeah, That's not true. I'm going to go to grocery outlet right <laughs> after this to get my lunch because I have to go to work. No, I don't know. It's been a busy week. It's been like, like I'm doing well. <clears throat> I'm just feeling weird. Feeling weird. But still, still don't know what I'm going to do <clears throat> with my life. And then like... Of course, I'm having fun improvising at the upfront. I'm like, oh, I'm never yeah. gonna, I can't do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, I'll hang out. I'm like, I'm playing yeah, a show. There's no improv in San Jose. I mean, there's like theater sports. Maybe right? there Which might is, be something now. That's not I mean, improv. I've been gone for six years, and I wasn't like in the improv oh, scene. So. I guess so. Yeah, maybe but, an improv scene blossomed but, in your absence. Uh, I am playing a show with Jake <laughs> Barrow, our guest. Right on. Ugh. Come out and see. On July 13th on Friday. Yeah, look it up online so I don't have to give you my address. Just go find my address on a public page on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, The Underdark in Bellingham, Washington. Yes. Um, playing, yeah, with, he's going to play Vervex stuff, and uh, we have another, you know, special band that's probably going to be playing, but I haven't heard back from them for sure, so I'm not going to bring them up on the the show. But it's going to be a great show. Check it out. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be sad because it'll be my last show that I play in Bellingham and I'll, I don't know, I'm going to miss this place, but I also have to leave because yeah. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. Get out. I'll never be happy anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, who that we got today? Note, we have Jake Barrow. Finally. He's in Vervex. He's in the co-founder. Uh, he's in the city hall. He does improv. He does improv at the upfront theater. What can't this man, man do? Dude. Probably, I don't, I don't know. know. Acrobatics? Yeah, probably not acrobatics. Yeah, I don't know. You can probably. Do you think he can hold his breath for like a whole minute? Uh, probably. It's not very long. He can. Is it? Oh, well, I don't know. Is that <laughs> a long, long time? Yeah, a minute. How long is like. Hmm. How long is humanly possible? Mm, I don't know. Like a minute and a half? I don't know, yeah. but he probably couldn't go he for probably a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, a minute? That doesn't seem that long. I bet you I can hold my breath for 10 minutes. <laughs> you ever tried, John? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You got you me have there. no idea. Undeniable logic. You have no logic. idea what I could do. <laughs> we haven't tried. We don't know. All right, so Jake Barrow, he can hold his breath for 10 you minutes. He can hold his breath for 10 he minutes. He can do anything. Uh, and we join them in a conversation Already in progress. Yeah. Which was does improv take more of a front seat to Vervex? Uh, You're at the upfront right now, right? I am at the upfront. Okay. Yes. And how um, many how many bands are you in right now? Right now? Oh whoa, that's a question. That's not, <laughs> not. Are you in a band? <laughs> how many bands? I am. Okay. Well, wow. This we're uh, breaking the seal, <laughs> and we'll fade it at some point. Yeah. This is the part where like a sniper dot comes down <laughs> on my head. Like he's not supposed to talk yeah. about. It. <laughs> no, I'm just doing saying that to make myself sound more interesting. Um, I play in two bands. Kind of two and a half bands. Uh oh. There's this one band, the City Hall, that was formed in Bellingham that I was a founding member of, and it's kind of become a rotating cast of collective of people. Okay. And I'm one of those people, so I'm still involved. Though there's other people who drum sometimes. I was the drummer. Okay. Um, 
but I play in the co-founder and I play in Vervex. Gotcha. So two bands. Is it is it like taboo to be in two bands? Like you were saying, like you're, I'm not supposed to talk about it. Is it like is it like is it the thing where it's like, hey, we want your attention to be all on our band, or is it sort of Dude, like it's really incestuous? Was, oh, okay, and so it's not a big deal. So you're fucking, you're deal. fucking you know, everyone. <laughs> we're in bands. fucking, we're yeah. fucking, and this is why we don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> no, um, we we joke about how incestuous it is, uh-huh. uh, because you know it's like you can take the same group of six or seven people and you can have like five or six different bands. Right. And does everyone have like their own solo project? And yeah, everyone, exactly. Okay, gotcha, you know, gotcha. Yeah, we're all like supporting and leading, like. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I Vervex is my band, right? Um, that I write for, and then I drum for the co-founder, which is mostly my bandmate Hayden's songwriting. Though okay. I um, record all the music. Oh, cool! Like we just finished an album a couple weeks ago, sent it in to get mastered, and it just came back that we were recording out of awesome. our house. Very cool. Um, yeah, dude, it was like our. Our baby. We, yeah, just, yeah. we worked on it for like over a year. We recorded it ourselves. We mixed it ourselves. We sent it away to get mastered. But we, I mean, we have mixes that go back to like a full year ago. We totally, were just yeah. Like tweaking the shit out of it till it was just right. That's we were awesome. really happy with it. And um, we just finished that. And it feels so good. It feels yeah. like... A good marker for where we're at right now. Totally. And... Did you like listen to the masters as soon as you got them back? Or... Um, <laughs> Uh, y- yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't see the email till after Hayden did. And Hayden was, it's funny. He, he came to me later and just like, I haven't been able to listen to the masters without you. Like I'm too fucking nervous. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they come back and it's like, this sucks. Your heart starts beating. Oh. Like, now I have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. How many people are, are involved in this project? Uh, three right now. Three. Okay. Yeah. And how, what's, what's the, your collaborative process like because i know that with some people it can get really intense and like emotions are really heated and other people are just like hey we're just like creative buds and whatever and go with the flow more with the latter on that gotcha yeah um hayden was my roommate and so we've spent a lot of time around each other and so i think that has improved our communication when it comes to music as well and Uh also just having gone through this whole mixing of the album process yeah Uh and um there's also Nico, who uh, is a local dude. He played in this band, The Cat from Hugh. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the whole project started as Hayden's project with someone else, actually. They were the co-founders. Okay. Uh-huh. Just two of them. And then okay. they, like, uh, I guess, went separate ways musically. Gotcha. And then he just changed it to the co-founder. <laughs> okay. It was solo for a while, right. though. He was just the co-founder. Then I joined, and then it became like it grew from there. So right. we're still the co-founder, even though it's multiple okay. people. And you did not co-found it. And I did right. not co-found it, necessarily. Um, but so for a while, it was just like his acoustic songs. Right, and then right. I was like finding drum parts to go to it. Mm-hmm. And it was already written kind of thing. And cool. so then after this last album that we just recorded, we've been just... Um, having Nico come up to our house where we live and then we just have a bowl and a beer and then we'll just like jam on some ideas that Hayden's had and then we talk about it and it's been a lot more collaborative. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, What was your improv experience like after Dead Parrots? Did you, was it just straight to the upfront and that's it or? Um, Yeah, pretty much. I uh, auditioned for the upfront right after graduating Um, or it might have been like right before graduating. I know that um, it took me a time, like two cycles mm-hmm. um, of satellite, but uh, 
Well, let's backtrack. How did you get into improv, like, first? Initially? For, initially, yeah. Let's take it on back. Yeah, take it on <laughs> back. Rewind to, uh, let's see, like, seventh grade? Seventh or eighth grade um, had this really bomb middle school drama teacher named Mr. Hagerman uh-huh. in Timbercrest Junior High in Woodinville, <laughs> Washington, where I'm from. Uh-huh. Dude was really fun. Had that, like, really playful spirit that is really good for drama teachers, right, you know? Yeah. Just, like, really playful <laughs> yeah. and this, like, childlike playfulness. And he was, like, this big dude. Super fun. Though, um, I I don't know for sure why this was the case, but I think it was because maybe he was just a little lazy. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times he would just be in his <laughs> office, I think, like, on his computer. And, like, I don't right. know. Yeah, my drama teacher was like that. Just, I think there's a part of him that's like, everyone gets in a, like, so I have to, like, super pay attention. Yeah, right. Um, so he would just leave us to our own devices, and right. we would play improv games and um, basically just try to emulate whose line is it anyway. True. Right, 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 party right, quirks yeah. in all yep. the games that we would watch yeah. them playing on whose line. Right. And he would show us whose line sometimes too, or like right. Mr. Bean. And it was a, like the most fun class. <laughs> right, right. Just like laughing most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and then how did that evolve into you want, get, wanting to get under the dead parrots or... Did you, um, did you, where do you want to, like a team in high school or? Yes, I was okay. then. Oh, cool. So Woodenville High School had a team um, and there was this whole like high school cup that happens uh, in, <laughs> in the area and the finals happen at, um, what's it called? Uh, Unexpected at Pike Place. Mm-hmm. And there was like the year before my, the year that I got called up, they had won and the seniors, it was like, oh, right. Right. Totally, totally. <laughs> they yeah. were amazing and so cool right. and so funny. And then I got called up and I also got um, called up with this guy, Austin Bridges. Okay. Uh, but this who, is still in high school? Yes, this is still in okay, high school. Okay, gotcha. And then Austin was a year ahead of me and he came to Western. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being my roommate when I came to Western a year later. But he was the one who oh, okay. like, kind of told me about Dead Parrots. And also um, there was a group of actors, including, I'm pretty sure, Rashawn Scott and Jessica Young, who were oh, on okay. Dead Parrots at the time came to our school and we just got to talking to them after the show because we liked whatever I don't even remember what show right. it was but yeah, it was yeah. like some staged theater thing right. totally. and yeah. we were like that was cool yeah. Bellingham we've heard about it Western we've heard about it and then they told us about Dead Parrots then as well and so I pretty much immediately started going to Tuesdays right. when I I mean yeah going into Western. Tuesdays which is like the open practices that Dead Parrots holds like were you feeling pretty I don't know like what? Like what was your like? No, was your knowledge of improv like completely changed within the first few months, or you were like, "Oh yeah, this is what I was doing in high school." Um, this is, I, I totally get it. It was a mixture, kind improv. of, because we had an introduction to some long form stuff in oh, okay. high school. Um, uh, though it was like, in retrospect, really unorganized and just like right. <laughs> just masturbatory yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah totally but like at the time you're like whoa this was so cool and right. um, like we're the best in improv <laughs> <laughs> no I, one to keep us in check <laughs> I remember having this rehearsal this closed rehearsal towards the end of the school year in some offshoot of like the music hallway in some tiny like I'm pretty sure <laughs> chair closet or yeah. something and we were just 
fucking around. And then we got a call from one of our other teammates. It was like six of us in there. And one of them was like, I'm at the assembly right now. We're supposed to be performing now. Like, get here. Yeah. And we sprinted. And it was just like this really overly intense sense of purpose. Right. We gotta do improv. Yeah, we gotta do improv. Save the day. That's funny. That's the most important improv is probably ever Yeah. Truly. Yeah. To like a 16 or 17 year old. Yeah. Like all your hundreds of peers (laughs) sitting around waiting for you. And then how long was it uh, when you were going to like the open rehearsals? How long before you were on the team? Um, It was like, I think one quarter. Okay, cool. Yeah. Zach Wymore and I got called up at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that was fast when you got called up? Or was you just like, yeah, people get called up after one quarter? I did know that was fast. Oh, you, you did know? I did. Okay. Yeah. Did it, did it feed the ego a little bit? Or you were just Probably. like... Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, especially, but I mean, I'm like so absolutely, truthfully humbled by the people who were on that team right. at that time. And I feel like they are so much better of improvisers than I was. Because it's the same year that they won like nationals or is, yes. it, or is, it, the, or is it the... And here's a mixed... <laughs> little brag but like okay. <laughs> opposite of brag for you like I was on the team at the time I was right. the underclassman on the team but I truly think that I was like riding the coattails for the other perform- for yeah, right. performers who right, were right. on that team like right. they were so amazing you, there right. was Miguel Villa Rashawn right. Scott Allison Lures and Noel Walmsley uh-huh. and we were the only team that had more females than males ratio to our team right. and that mm. felt really cool too right. and it's just feels in retrospect like I was there and I like (laughs) I said a couple things that they made you know appear funny and um so I'm really humbled by everyone who was on that team you just like show your face (laughs) (laughs) you feel like you're just like photobombing every photo you're like yeah "Yeah, me too I'm also here I was pretty starstruck at the time and thankful and like honored that they saw something in me totally yeah speak to speak about uh like uh, competitive improv because <laughs> it just yeah. it feels like it is weird that there's so many like improv competitions when like on some level that's kind of like the antithesis <coughs> of what improv is about because it's about yeah, like or yes any comedy competition and, or like yeah. any comedy competition but especially with improv like what is it know, like right? preparing for like a national <laughs> t- improv oh thing? dude you put your ho- your hopes get up so high <laughs> like it's ridiculous yeah like um, in a you in your, your own movie, and then when we were at the orientation for the whole thing in Chicago, uh-huh. he's um, Jonathan Pitts, the MC or the the whole coordinator of everything, and it's his his brainchild. He's telling us like it's a competition, but it's not a competition. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, Talk yeah. to yeah. people, like let that go. <laughs> These are the people that you're going to be working with in the industry in the future. Right, mm-hmm. and a part of you is like. Yeah, he's right. But then most of <laughs> like, like, no, no way. I'm, I'm going to improvise circles around these people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these, these schmucks. <laughs> yeah, it, there's this funny <laughs> competitive creativity that, like, I also played in the sound off battle of the bands. Oh, okay. And they said the mm-hmm. same thing there. They were like, it's a battle of the bands, but, you know, like, you're all friends. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. No, I'm no, not, not friends with them. I'm going to, like, whoop you. Like, secretly, you hope they have a bad set. Yeah. Like, if you it's have a so worse weird. set, yeah. I win. <laughs> because right. you're also so scared. You're like, holy yeah. fuck, what have I got right. myself into? Totally, and, yeah. Like, these are probably some really talented people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole <laughs> shitstorm. And the nerves throughout the whole thing um, were so, so, such a roller coaster. And then when oh, we yeah. won, it was like this right. 
insane release. Because right. mm-hmm. it was like, the first team to win that like wasn't from Chicago, right? It was. Yeah. And did you all come at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it was like an orgy, but we weren't touching each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, it felt <laughs> truly amazing. Like, my mind was blown and... Um, and it was torture leading up to that right, moment. Right, right. <laughs> like the last couple minutes and the half hour before that, but especially the last couple minutes, like our hearts were in our throats because our hopes were riding so high. Right, and right. It was competitive. And you've just like, you know, with improv, it's vulnerable in that way. So you're yeah. like sharing a part of yourself to be judged yeah, it's right. by some people who are not even there. Like they're just p- yeah. watching on a screen. <laughs> <laughs> typing, typing in their feedback. <laughs> Wait, they're not there? They're Some just, people were not there. Uh, Some of the judges weren't there? That's no, crazy. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I couldn't judge improv unless I was there. Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. not, it's very different. Yeah. Well, they have to find the highest caliber judge for an improv competition. <laughs> yes. Gosh, yes. that's so weird. Yeah. And then the popularity of the club like takes off after that, and like there's like a, a, a way bigger like fan base for the Dead Parrots, and then mm-hmm. and yeah. then next year you guys you guys get second the following year, right? Yeah, we got and first, like, then second, then, then second. third, then fourth, yeah, which is like <laughs> yeah, what's well, what's that like like going back and like in feeling like you have to kind of live up to that, or or is did it, you feel that is it way? less stressful? Like oh, we're just happy to be here because we already won, or is it, is it like as you climb the ranks, you're like we're gonna do this again? Like, <laughs> um, it was a mixture again, uh-huh. and I feel like. That's something in like a way zoom out big life way. I'm just realizing that life is just like this huge mixture of feelings about things that I love and I'm scared about. And that's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it was a mixture of both. It was like we got a, a bit of a chip on our shoulder. Uh-huh. But also remembering how much fun we had and seeing some of the same people who we bonded with getting hammered like after the tournament the first year right three three or maybe four of us got mono (laughs) after winning oh my god from drinking out of the trophy right (laughs) of course of course that's so gross yeah it sucked yeah Yeah. it sucked it was yeah but worth it yeah (laughs) right well the universe has to balance out it's like all right you got this big victory now you have to have mono right yeah (laughs) (laughs) sit down uh so so you get first, second, third, fourth. Uh, you're like winning or not winning, but you win. The, you win and get placed in all these like great competitions. Uh, the dead parts are doing great, and then you graduate and you go to satellite, and it's kind of like you're back to like freshman year almost. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's like what kind of did your improv take a shift in that time, or did it? What was that experience like? Yeah, I would say it did, because um, dead parrots and western. Is its very own insular society, mm-hmm. <laughs> society, yeah, the parent society. But like, it is kind of like, in a way, Bellingham is also its own snow globe of a bubble. <laughs> right, like, right, then right. Zoom down is, and it's yeah. Western in its smaller bubble, right? And, and dead parrots, <clears throat> and like we had a built-in audience with all the students who mm-hmm. lived on campus, and we would do shows on campus, kind right. of thing. Um, yeah, it was a special time, and so then it was a bit of a reality check when. Um, when I graduated and came to the upfront and like, didn't get called up the first time. Right. Um, 
Yeah, what was that like? Not getting called after getting called up after your first quarter at, <laughs> yeah. at Western, and then not getting called up after the first session of Satellite was, yeah, it was sort of like it's, it's like, kind uh, of a, a wake I up. I won the Chicago. D D now, Mr. Styles. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Oh, you have no idea. Oh, that makes okay, sense. cool, cool, cool. Ah, right. Oh, yeah. Um, it was. It was a bit of a wake up call, not in a not in a huge way, but just like I I love improv, and right. so mm. that's why I do it. And there's also hopes of like doing something bigger with it, just because right. I think it's possible. I've seen other people do it, but mm-hmm. I I love to do it, right. even for small audiences and for fun. But the reason I didn't get called up the first time is because I didn't go to a lot of the practices the right, first time. Right, so right. just like, oh yeah, gotta gotta commit. Yeah. And, like, show up, show my more. face. Yeah. yeah. And like give them a reason to believe that I'll be I'll put myself into this. Right. And, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, then I and then I did get called up, but that was right when I was about to go on this road trip, this big road <laughs> trip. So I was like get called up but go to um, like the what's it called the alumni you made that search like immediately um, not immediately I was oh. there for like three months that's so funny uh, I, I, yeah I delayed my road trip and, I, and then I did some <laughs> main stage stuff for yeah. a while yeah uh, well, let's we. I feel like we got past like music stuff really quickly. So let's no, sw- yeah, let's, let's switch gears switch again. Uh, so when did you start like writing songs and like playing? I guess like playing, and then when did that turn into songwriting? Um, I think I, I got started with music doing Garage Band after seeing a friend of mine just messing around with it mm-hmm. in, in like early junior high, around seventh grade, seventh oh, cool. or eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. And so then I just started messing around with that and having lots of fun, mm-hmm. and then. Um, my dad tells this story. It seems like it's he tells it because it's a fun story for him to tell. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he's kind of proud of me for just do, following my dreams uh-huh. type moment. And so he tells the story of how I came to him one day and I was like, "Dad, I'm I'm good news. I'm like gonna be in a band. <laughs> I'm gonna be in a band." And he's like, "How old are you? Are you supposed to like?" Be? I guess eighth grade. I think I'm eighth, eighth grade. grade. So okay. whatever like 13, that is, like thir- thirteen or yeah. so, twelve or thirteen. That was when yeah. I was starting to listen to more music. Mm-hmm. I used right. to listen to before that shit like Radio Disney and stuff. Yeah, and right, yeah. To, like, cool music. Green Day. Hey, Radio Disney's cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. It no, can be. No qualms there. <laughs> Super cool. They played Smash Mouth. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, the top. The topness of cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone loves that. They're from my hometown. Really? Smash Mouth. Yeah, oh, they from are? San Jose, California. You haven't ever seen them on the show. I have not, actually. <laughs> apparently, they sometimes play bars there, I think. I don't know. No. Yeah. In San Jose. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they, apparently, they play like really small venues, like randomly <laughs> across the country. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you which is like that's, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray doing all the stuff he rumored has it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one will believe you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Smash Mouth in a tiny bar. That's awesome. Anyway, so you're 13. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I was like, Dad, I'm going to meet a band with my friend Joel. Uh-huh. He's like, cool. You don't play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I thought about it. I'll play drums. Uh-huh. Cool. You don't have drums. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, you're going to buy me drums. <laughs> and he, and he, um, he bought me some drums. Nice. Awesome. He bought me a kit and... Um, I'm so thankful that he did. Right. I, I think it got me through my teenage years. Nice. Uh, and then I, I just like jammed on those for a while and then I got lessons. 
um, from this guy who lived in Bellevue, Eric Samsey. He had um, on his on his left hand, he only had two fingers. He had his pinky and his thumb. Whoa, he was what? missing three fingers, but he was this incredible jazz drummer who was seriously like so 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 good. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit in his stuffy hot apartment <laughs> right. in Bellevue and just be like ra ta ta rest 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 ra ta ta and and do that for a while. And then um, then I played in the church band. Okay. Uh, the church oh, I nice. went to, that nice. was like the most nice. involved I was <laughs> with my church. Yeah, yeah. 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 like Very playing cool. in the band. Um, like I grew up going to church, but uh, it's I've kind of drifted away from the Christian faith, uh, though it's still part of my heritage of my totally. family where no, I come that's, from. That's where right. I'm at. I, like, I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, I was raised Christian, and then I'm also like, I've drifted away from Did you it. play in the church band too? No. Oh. I did the church announcements for oh, my high school group. What, one we, did, we did sketch gotcha. comedy in that. Gotcha. So no that was, shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right. Did you go to a like Christian high school? No, I didn't. Okay. No, but or I did. You... I was I was a frequent youth group attender. <laughs> <laughs> a youther. Yeah. I played in the band Very with cool. my dad. Right. Uh-huh. With my dad, um, and that was I guess the first band experience I had. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, then I came to college. Played in the dorms with some some uh, roommates three roommates mm-hmm. they lived in like a suite in nash and i would go over there and drum on their electric kit that was hooked up to an amp and this one time we found a note that was like your drumming is annoying Stop. <laughs> it was on a note on the door outside in that oh, tone no. too your drumming yeah, is yeah. annoying <laughs> don't do it anymore well there's this picture of me holding it it's like on facebook it's a picture of me just making this pouty face like <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so would you say vertex was like the first project that you were like hey i'm i'm committing to this like um this is this yeah. is jake i'm putting myself out there totally totally yeah um yeah i guess the, the whole while i was just still messing around by myself messing with myself <laughs> <laughs> i i was doing garage band and i got this um piece of gear called an electribe by korg it's like this weird machine that has buttons and knobs all over it in this crazy nondescript pattern. Mm-hmm. Not a pattern. It's just like a barf of opposite of a Yeah. And um and so I don't think I ever released any of those, but I was used to making just song just I don't know, diving down an idea wormhole and right. just like seeing where it goes mm-hmm. f- from kind of an early point mm-hmm. in getting involved in music pretty much from the beginning just like i don't know scrolling through the the loops in garage band you know mm-hmm. and just trying to be at that point nitpicky about what sounds cool <laughs> yeah, or right. what totally. sounds right and um how would you describe Vervex? Like we're executives and you got you got to pitch Vervex. Well, kind of shit. Right? Like, oh, this you, is this is the hardest part <laughs> Um, I would describe it as nostalgic pop. Um, I think that a lot of the music that I vibe with has this element that feels nostalgic in a way, or just gives you emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know, it's hard to say more than that. It's it's a very nebulous thing. (laughs) No, um... No, I get what you mean by like this when like a like a song feels nostalgic, but it came out in two thousand seventeen, right? Like, right. This just came out. Like, why is it making me feel like it's? Re- I'm like reflecting on my childhood or yeah. something like that. Yeah, but I, I definitely get what you mean. Um, I guess that's what I aspire to. What is it right now, though? Uh, 
it's on some journey towards that. Right. <laughs> here's a here's a fun fact. Uh, slightly slightly tangential, but mm-hmm. uh, I knew who you were just because I used to go to Dead Parrots. Like I just like recognized you. But then my girlfriend at the time, this was five years ago. I guess she saw you play the underground coffee house on campus, <laughs> like okay. independent of, of like me. And she was like, "Yeah, I think this guy's on the Dead Parrots." But she like put you on a mix for me. <laughs> like, like oh really? I even like That's really crazy. You were. That's you, like, crazy. you were like track number one on this mix that she made <laughs> at the front door. <laughs> I don't even remember what song. But oh my god. Like, it was a it was a banger. It was good. That's awesome. <laughs> I have memories of playing it there at the open mics. Yeah, right. it, it must have been like, one of those or something. Yeah, I I even took in my laptop with my like adapter <laughs> attached, my adapter attached, my adapter, so I could plug in to their system right. to like right. play some remix of the XX that I had right. done, or like the Beatles and <laughs> some weird. <laughs> stuff that was like I just did this today. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> check it out. Um, so it sounds like you didn't have any like reservations about uh, performing your own stuff. I have it- reservations and I still get super nervous sometimes. Right. And I got I was like incredibly nervous during that time and throughout uh-huh. performing. Right over the years, but yeah. somehow just kind of like push myself to do it or like. I'm dumb enough to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop myself. There's a fine line between that. Great. Um, this, I mean, does your experience with improv help you with, the, like, feed, in, feed into your, your, your writing experience, or? Um, I think maybe a, a little. Um, I think there's a similar approach in just trying to have fun, and I sometimes try to think about writing songs in a way that would be fun to perform live and mm-hmm. be on stage in front of people. And... That's obviously a big part of improv, I think. Right. Just, like, having fun, and the audience can tell when you're having fun. Right, right, right. And, um... I mean, there's that thing in improv with, like, where it's, like, trusting others and having others trust you. That's, like, a huge part of yeah. having a successful improv group. But then when in Vervex, you're just you're by, just by your lonesome. So is it... It's, like, where does, where does that come into play? That makes me more nervous. I think right. I get more nervous for music than improv usually. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. Yeah, because music is more vulnerable in that way that it's like this is like kind of my soul in a way that I I I prepared it. I wrote this song ahead of time. This is mm. something composed right. for you. You bought tickets. It's right. supposed to like improv audiences are more Forgiving, forgiving, yeah, yeah, and they're for more sure. on your side and they know that you're making it up on the spot and right. you're also spreading you know, the work between more people sometimes. Right. Um, speaking of when like an improv show can go poorly. Yeah. Um, where, where do you go? Like your, what's, where does your headspace go when you're in a scene that's, that's dying or uh, in a show that's, that's dying? Like, fuck. fuck, fuck. (laughs) I'm so stupid. (laughs) And I don't know what to say. This is going on forever. Just like real negative, <laughs> the type of like suffering that just seems eternal, right? <laughs> and then yeah, <laughs> just low. It's yeah, some real panicky moments mm-hmm. in improv or just performing, and some right. really freeing moments too. It's like such a roller coaster.
Actually, I'm going to get another beer for myself. Do you want anything, Jake? Anything else? I'll take another one if yes. we're going there. I'm we're going there. there. Let's go Whoa. there. Tomorrow's my true day off. Where do, you, where do you work? I work at two places. Palmini. I thought two places was like a thing, <laughs> like, a, like a thrift shop. Like, two I work places. at two places. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Two I places. never heard of it. <laughs> Memorabilia for here and there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Pelminis. Pelminis and Big Love Juice, which is right on. in the Herald Building, and it's new. Uh, we talked about some hot gossip while you were gone. <laughs> oh, you should I'm probably cut it out. I'm excited to listen to it later and put it at the front of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Strong um, content. Um, let's see. All right, now we got our beers. I mean, you guys got your beers. Yeah. I got on my Dasani. John's not feeling too well tonight. I don't know if you could tell, but... It's drinking water. That's because if, if, there, if there's a lack of awesome banter on this 
podcast, it's because we're under the weather. Oh, is that what's your excuse the rest of the time? <laughs> <laughs> Banter! Banter! Gotcha. And then Zoop. Kevin and I are drinking some Pyramid Outburst Citrus IPA. Yeah. Ale brewed with orange peel and tangerine peel. It's not too bad. I've had better. I've had worse. All right. For someone who True. doesn't drink beer that often, yeah. how do you guys decide which beer is good beer? Especially uh, in this town where you're like, let's say you're like, I just turned 21 and then I go to a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like... 25 choices and everyone's like so confident about oh I'll take this and, and I mean, it's like it's, how, how do you know you just, I, you just well, is it just blind you just, like, you just I, pretend I guess, like you I guess know? I, start, I mean I don't know anything really <laughs> but I do know so I know like I've drank enough beer that I know local breweries that like have never disappointed me or like semi-local things like I know uh, 10 barrels always going to be pretty good I mean even here like Aslan's always going to be pretty good right uh, so if you just if you know like the brewer and you know that you haven't been let down by them before I just go with that I also gotcha. lately have been enjoying sours a lot like sour mm-hmm. beer and so those are always like See, weird what enough what is that it, it's, <laughs> it's just like it's like there's a, so many beers there's so many beers and so then, many. It's like a, and it's people a, are so confident when they yeah. order everyone here is an expert like yeah, every other yeah, person yeah. Oh, I don't think I'm, I'm an expert cool I'm glad us three people are <laughs> well, yeah. I think anyone who says they're an expert is lying. I have one friend who's the exception, but he's like made it a hobby to understand beer. Oh, right. can I share this little meme yeah. joke that I yes. saw the other day? It was a tweet that was saying that IPAs are like pumpkin spice lattes for white dudes. Yes. <laughs> and it felt so true. Um, when I turned 21, it was like beer. Okay, right. IPAs, IPAs, because that's what everybody right. drinks. And right. I didn't like it. I don't right. like IPAs. But then your I hair don't. started to grow longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's like the episode of Atlanta where uh, there's like the he like he's on like some talk show and like it cuts and there's like we have this segment about this 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 white this black guy who, who thinks he's a white guy and it's like it's him like oh, in the yeah. mirror he's, and like, he's like what IPAs do you <laughs> right, have on yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Boy, and I definitely like I drink IPAs a lot I don't know the thing about an IPA and like it's there's no like the, the reason I started drinking it is because my hipster older friends were like you should drink an IPA <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, and then that's I just, all it is but yeah. it's, it's like, like I don't know it's hoppy it's like got a bite to it so you, yeah. I, think, I think it's like easily identifiable of like what the like different flavors are in it right. whereas I feel like I don't know other beers are like maybe harder to identify it doesn't make it worse or better it's just right. like I don't know I, there's there's something about it it was but also the reason I started drinking it was because I wanted to be cool right. <laughs> It's, I'm, I'm thinking of it now like music as far as genres of music or like genres of beer like right. IPAs or stouts or something okay <laughs> so, so what's like, so what's like the IPA of, the, that's of music punk rock punk yeah rock. or like yeah. metal or something gotcha no, heavy and dark right yeah and then there's like the blondes which is like top 40 or like or pop <laughs> music or something yeah <laughs> yeah okay exactly I drink and, and you know everyone specializes in their own genre mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and Bellingham specifically yeah. is like, yeah, I know everything about all of the genres, <laughs> and basically, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to just add, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good second act. <laughs> this is supposed to be the, the, the heavy act. Well, there's uh, heavier beers. There's heavier like there's dark beers, <laughs> dark, dark and beers. those are heavy. Yeah, uh, those are those took me the longest to, to appreciate dark beers. 
Like light beers? But it's like, do you have to appreciate them? I think or is oh, it? Or the thing is, if you want to have a preference when it comes to beer, like, right. I think that's the thing is like, hipsters are like, IPAs are all I drink. And it's right. like, okay, well, you've never had right. a dark beer. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> that, that was like my conviction is I was like, oh shit. Like, I, I can't have an opinion on beer when all I've had are IPAs right. since I turned 21. So I started like expanding, like broadening my horizons just right. to like try and expand my taste. I still don't know anything. Like, yeah. I, I still don't know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, true student of the Yes. Mm. Pyramid Outburst. It was all all a plug for Pyramid Outburst. This whole thing. Born in the Northwest. And this is truly, and I'm saying this truly, my favorite beer I've ever consumed. (laughs) Hit that button. (laughs) Every beer I have is my favorite beer because it's the one I'm drinking. Sometimes. Sometimes. I just. They're like, uh, which one of those tags are the best? Just just leave that one. Let me do one more. You're All right. Yes. Mmm. Silver can. <laughs> Ooh, hey, give me a cold silver can. Let's start. The, let's start the also, second. Also, supposedly, uh, supposedly, if you drink, if you're not drinking out of like a glass, you're not actually getting the full flavor of a beer. Like even drinking. I believe that. Like the That's so, true for soda. Okay. So okay. supposedly, the re- I know my this soda. Is, my beer friend told me that. Uh, so if you're drinking, wait, 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 wait. hold up, hold up. (laughs) What's your beer friend's name? Robert Escobedo. He's Ruben's brother. Who? Who? Ruben, friend of the show. Robert. Robert. His brother's name is Robert. Okay, gotcha. Robert's the beer expert. Gotcha. And it's because he like made a conscious decision to like, (laughs) like, so, so I think he like didn't originally want to like start drinking to get drunk because he, right. he's Christian so he was like that seems wrong and now I think he's past that but uh, uh, maybe I'll cut that but, <laughs> but he like turned 21 and he wanted to find a way to enjoy beer I think or like to enjoy drinking without getting drunk and so he like made it his like mission to like understand like the top beers in the world and like go out to, to like bars and breweries that carried these beers and like identify the different flavors huh. so he's healthy I guess I go to, like he was drinking sour before anybody knew what the fuck a sour was. Yeah. And that's the, I he, still don't. <laughs> and now those are like really popular, at least in bars around Bellingham, it seems like. And uh so he said that a bottled beer, you're gonna get more of like the accurate flavor compared to drinking out of a can. But hmm. uh the can because like you get kind of like the tin flavor or whatever when you're drinking out of a can. But if you the I guess the bottle residue like sticks to the beer. So if you pour a bottled beer into a glass, it's not going to be as true to the flavor as pouring out of a can. Cause like, I guess the tin doesn't like stick to the flavor of the, be- I don't know. He just said that, that <laughs> that's why a lot of like micro brews are now in cans. And it's like, like, I don't know if you've noticed this instead book. of bottles, instead of bottles, a lot of micro brews started putting them in cans. Apparently for the, for the flavor. flavor. That's what he told me for the tin that can tin flavor. flavor. Mm. Right. Because, well, you're not supposed to drink it out of the tin can. You're supposed to pour it into a glass, but we're breaking those There's, rules. Wait, have you ever I'm seen just, a, a can on it that tells you that? <laughs> no, but I don't know how he knows it. I don't know how he knows Wait, it. It's like those wizards <laughs> who can taste the most subtle thing because right. they had just so much beer and they've right. just been chewing on chops. I mean hops. <laughs> chewing on chewing on chops. Chewing on chops. They got an illiter- illiteracy. Yeah, they, well they got their pork chops and that like, brings the yeah. flavor of the beer yeah. at. I'm just like, like a beer that just tastes like pork. <laughs> I'm just like envisioning Ruben like ah tin. It's not like, Ruben, it's Robert. <sighs> it's Robert. Well I don't know what Robert looks like. So They're, I'm imagining they it's, look so different. <laughs> oh really? Actually I have a picture of them as babies. <laughs> Well, oh. even as babies, they look different. Yeah. yeah, so... Well, actually, as babies, they look what? very similar. Uh, so that's yeah, Ruben, and that's Robert. 
This was a white elephant gift, uh, like oh, five yeah, we, years ago. We've covered ago. this. Already. We're looking at a small, <laughs> like four by six wood frame with a picture that's a little too small for the frame yeah. in the middle, like <laughs> askew. <laughs> the headline of this story is "Why do you have this?" <laughs> yeah, it's sentimental value. All okay, right. it seems like it's, it's a full of memories and value. <laughs> Yeah, I, this was uh, it was given out to, at a white elephant thing, and then the next year it was exchanged again because that person didn't want it. And <laughs> I was the happy recipient, dude. So yeah, you're gonna look back on that, and you're gonna say, "Yeah, I did good." Yeah, no, I, I yeah made it out okay. I I don't think I gave anything of value in that white elephant gift exchange. I. Have you not opened your pyramid outburst then? Well, I've got a little bit here. I'm going to finish this one, and then I finish my water in this glass (laughs) that I can pour... It has a different taste <laughs> in a glass. So, so, told so me that. Got, you know, I've got my taste on that well, taste. And a lot of it too is the glass. You, yeah, because the smell is so important. And so, in a glass, in a or in a so in a can and a bottle, you don't get the full aroma, and so you don't get the full uh, flavor because all of our senses are working in harmony, uh-huh, right? Like, how does yeah. it sound when the beer is poured into the glass and the bubbles? Gotcha. Right, the sound <laughs> stuff you, can, you only get on the process. And the, the look, if it if you can read IPA, you know what you're in for a good time. <laughs> All the senses. Um, when when did you start drinking, Jake? Um, <laughs> look at that segue. I'm subverting the second act. act I'm making it relate. Act, this is more like this feels yeah. like Act Three. <laughs> Sounds like Act Three. I just want to know when you started yeah. drinking. I was gonna ask so when your first beer was. Age. But, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, though. I don't remember. I do not remember. I do remember having a margarita. I think that was, like, my second drink. I don't remember what my... That would be your first drink. Maybe that was, well, my, was first my first drink. drink. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd had like a sip of alcohol, but my, I, I actually yeah. was 18 I when I had... On accident, like f- when I was like eight. Well, like, yeah, that. Yeah, or like that trying my parents' beer and being like, right. <laughs> that gross. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. My first beer was Tecati. <laughs> I'll never be was, old enough I to was, like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll never <laughs> like this. I was 18 years old. I drank four Tecatis. It was disgusting. I had a Monster Energy drink. Oh my After god. That? Well, I, during. During? <laughs> during? Yeah, it was like my chaser for my beer. You're a monster. <laughs> You're a monster. Yeah. That's, what? How are you alive today? Yeah. It was a good time. How old were you? 18. Okay. I, I think I heard sense. 14 the no, first time. No, no. Okay. Like, I was yeah. pretty old. I didn't really drink in high school. I drank once while I was yeah. in high school. I didn't drink in high school at all. Mm-mm. Straight edge. Yep. But I wasn't like straight edge. <laughs> I just was like... So sheltered? A little bit sheltered. Yeah, right, yeah. That's, uh, yeah me too. Yeah, I was yeah, sheltered. I was sheltered. Yeah, like there were some parties that went on, but I'm kind of glad I wasn't part of that because yeah. it felt, like, in, in a small town way, just like a way to blow off some steam. Yeah. Right. Well, high school, I went to, so I guess it was technically after high school. Like I didn't get invited to the high school parties. Right. I made it. <laughs> that too. That yeah. too, yeah. I made it. To, I made it to, also, I wasn't invited. I made it like, <laughs> I was way too I made cool. it to like one, you know, like right. just like, it was after we all graduated, but there was still like these high school parties going on. I made uh-huh. it to one. Just people were crying and like, no right. one knew Dude, how drama. to drink. Or, yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was yeah just, that's true. It was embarrassing for everybody. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> just, so the, well, the margarita was your second drink? Was your first It may have been my first drink. drink. First memorable drink, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where was it? When was it? It was freshman year. Yeah, freshman year was the first time I smoked or drank. I drank first. Um, and it was in my roommate's brother's apartment. Gotcha. Just went over it, and his brother was older. He was like 22 or 23 or something like that. And um, yeah, just went over and got a drink. I do remember the first time I got drunk... Oh, that wasn't the first time you got drunk? No, I didn't gotcha. feel it. The first time I right. smoked weed, the first, like, few times. 
two or three times. Right. And the first time, few times I, I drank, I didn't really feel anything. Have you guys experienced that? No. Yes. I well, well, I've never smoked weed, <laughs> but with alcohol, I've experienced. I've, you I've, didn't feel yeah. it the first couple didn't times? Didn't feel it, yeah. What was that like? Like, um, do you think about that? Or yes, I remember being like, I have a tolerance to this, and <laughs> like, I, I've no, apparently people can't hold their liquor, and I'm amazing. But it was just like I was just drinking like really small increments mm. over long periods of time. So that's mm. that's what that's See, what that I, have a, I have a clear memory of what, that night when I drank Takati. It was after like only one or two <laughs> drinks. We had a big ass bag of tortilla chips, and I went over, and me and my friend Travis both like reached our hand in at the same time. We looked at each other and just started laughing, and we fell on the ground. <laughs> and that was my first drinking experience. <laughs> This sounds like a blast. And then with weed, it was, I I have a distinct memory of like, just, I was petting my legs. I have very hairy legs. And it was like the (laughs) sensation of like feeling the hair on my hand and the sensation of feeling my hand on my leg. Like it was just in sync. And I just, I felt in harmony with the world. It was beautiful. That was drinking or smoking? That was smoking. Oh, okay. Okay. Actually, that wasn't even the first time I smoked. The first time I smoked... Uh, I was crossfaded, so I didn't feel it then. But mm. Doritos were amazing. So I like I, Doritos are amazing. So that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's oh, true. I love Doritos. <clears throat> that's interesting though. Like you didn't like you know? I didn't I didn't feel it the first few times, and then I I specifically remember the first time I really got drunk, and the first time I really got high and mm-hmm. felt it too. First time I really got drunk was a oh. an '80s party, a disco <laughs> nice. party yeah. at the Blue Manor on Garden oh Street, oh, where my that, friends lived. That's back when it was like year. really the Blue Manor too, Dude, right? You yeah. have no yeah. idea. Like my friends were a year or two ahead of me, <laughs> right. and I would go, and there was a party there whether they wanted one or not. Right? Like, yeah, what it a was terrible geez. first place to get drunk. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I got back to my dorm and I was like, I'm going to shower. And then I had like walked my bike up and, uh, oh, your got, bike that yeah, completes, like biked, the, and completes I was, the photo. I was in like short shorts and a blazer, <laughs> like deep V neck. Nice. And, um, so I like went to take a shower and then I had like do that, open the curtain, realized that I hadn't grabbed myself a towel in my oh, drunken no. state. And so I was like, it's okay, I'll just cover myself with my disco clothes and (laughs) go through the hallway to my dorm room, it's fine. And it was like three in the morning, party was lit. Right. (laughs) So I get back to my room after going down the hallway, truly just like covering my front and my ass and going to my room and opening the door. And in that time, my roommate had come home from whenever, wherever party (laughs) he was at. Yeah. And he just turns around and literally the only words out of his mouth were just like, Oh. <laughs> oh. And then I was just <laughs> drunk and like, hey, man, <laughs> how's it going? Um, that was the first time I got drunk and it was really funny. And we talked about it later and had a good laugh. <laughs> and first time I was really high, I was really intentionally like, God damn it, this time I'm going to feel it. I'm right. going to get high. Yeah. So I'm going to like, <laughs> so I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel it. It's going to happen. Like all those kids say. Yeah, because I hadn't felt it. And then I felt it. I was driving home from my um, friend Ali Khan, uh, mm. who was also on Dead Parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he, total stoner. Right. Uh, <laughs> probably don't need to cut that out. I think right. everybody knows <laughs> that. Knows. Love you, Ali. Um, but he had this, he had this vaporizer and he um, was just like giving me a bunch. And then I was like, fuck, I don't feel it. <laughs> and then I was driving home and then I got like most of the way home. And on the oh, last no. stretch, oh, no. it was like my eyes 
sunk into the back of my yeah. head. All of a sudden, I was like, <laughs> you were in the sunken oh, place. Yeah, the yeah. sunken place. Yes. I made it home. It was okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. This is what I this understand. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, mm. Let's get into Act let's 2. Let's get into Act 2. I mean, like, well, <laughs> sort of a transition. Like, growing up, like, what were your parents' views on, like, substances and things like that? Was it pretty strict? Or were they kind of just like... Because it was weird. Like, I, I never drank or smoked in high school, but my parents never had, like, a talk with me about it. They were just... It was just, like, this understanding of the culture I grew up in. It was like, uh-huh. yeah, I don't do that. And it's just I didn't. Maybe I was just a goody two-shoes, but... I'd say there was a fair amount of that there for me as well. Yeah. And I, and I think... I can reflect back on a conversation that I'm pretty sure happened in high school that was like, if you ever do drink, Jake, just please call us. Don't yeah. drive. Okay. Thing. Totally. Yeah. Okay. It was like, we support you. Just like, don't do something stupid. We love you too much. Right. Which was, I think, important for me to hear and meaningful and mm-hmm. I'm grateful for. And other than that, I think I just didn't, wasn't drawn to it a whole lot. Right. Um, though, like I grew up going to church and... There's just like an like goody two shoesness that comes with that. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just like aspiring to the Sunday school <laughs> best <laughs> type thing. Yeah, I, I definitely had the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So, like I wasn't drawn to it, but I also think it was like that underlying like yeah, goody two shoes. Like I gotta be, you gotta be good. Right. <laughs> right. And I think I there's know. there's also a part of it with like with my that's like with myself and my friends especially. It's like there was just a part of us that didn't want to grow up because I think like wanting to drink and smoke for some kids like oh I want to be older than I really am mm. and like we were playing mm-hmm. with lightsabers yeah. for like way too long. <laughs> we we're yeah. just like oh totally. man like I don't want to transition into that quite yet because yeah. like toys are still fun. Dude, yeah, yeah, I remember talking about that with my best friend when I was a kid, just like. I don't get why people would throw away their life in a way that was like throw away what is good now as when we're young. Right. By yeah. doing drugs. And I remember saying that. <laughs> and now I do drugs. Right. Yeah. Well, I do. Well, I also remember like when I started like drinking a little more often, like when I was 18 or 19, uh, it definitely was like that's what all my friends started being interested in was like, we're, how, when can we drink? How right. can we get alcohol? And like, exactly. yeah. that was like what it was yeah. about. And it, so I, I am kind of glad I put that off because I, I feel like for some people that starts early in high school and it's like, I don't know, I was playing a lot of video games yeah. and I had a good time and like making it. dumb videos <laughs> yeah. and things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> do you Not guys, one letter. Yeah. Do you guys think there's something to be said for like, the difference between the U.S. and Europe, say, where the drinking age is lower and there's less of a stigma about it. And I'm, sh- oh, I'm sure it's something different. I just like yeah. I don't I've I've never left the country except to go to Vancouver, Canada. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. You gotta get out right. of here. I, I got I want to see the world. But you just you actually just went to Amsterdam, Amsterdam right? right? Right. What go was to that? Amsterdam. <laughs> How is it? It's just magical. A bunch of just <laughs> kids drinking in the streets. Is yeah, that what it's like? Toddlers <laughs> running around with pints. Well, I know it's less of a big deal because not not as many people drive. So like, dude, that's yeah. one thing. Well, everybody bikes there. Right, bikes have the right of way. And then I got to thinking about people being drunk on bikes in the uh-huh. red light district and that kind yeah. of thing. And I was like, I bet so many people eat shit right. on bikes yeah. in Amsterdam. Yeah, and you just don't hear about it. Though apparently, I heard they have a very very low rate of head injuries for oh. even though nobody wears a helmet <laughs> nobody and there's there's parents riding with their toddlers on the front or behind them uh-huh. on their bikes gee that's like that's a cool. mother with her groceries <laughs> just killing it right and then, yeah and then I'm there trying to ride one of these old bikes like <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody on the, the back never forget <laughs> <laughs> right 
Yeah. Uh, but we were just talking about that the other day. It's like, would you lower the drinking age if you if you could? I would definitely yeah. lower it to at least nineteen. I feel like that's yeah. when like a like. I feel like if I could, it'd be like when a kid graduates high school, because I just, I just think that that's like when adult life in America kind of starts. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's like a gap there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between twenty one and when you graduate, I think nineteen sounds like a like that's better age than eighteen. But I think that there's something to be said for how much we um, adults binge on drinking sometimes, and yeah, kids yeah. see that, and it's like this huge release, and yeah. You just got to think about what psychologically that does to a kid right, growing right. up. And well, and like, what's the psychology of just like drinking in general? Whereas like, maybe we don't even need to have like an age restriction or like we could put it at like 14 if we just like had a different culture surrounding alcohol. Yeah, right. like in Europe, like yeah. they do. Like people there, so I've heard they, they drink earlier, but they're not as crazy, crazy, right, crazy. Right, 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 right. Although that's almost its own rite of passage in this country. <laughs> it's like, I, I remember when I have like that year of stupidity where yeah, you just like yeah. have no idea and you're like, I don't know what I will, what anything is. But or, it might be objectively bad. I don't know. Probably. Well, I don't know. Well, I, don't know. Passage, like, I think that's important. And that's a yeah, rite of passage puts like a positive spin on it. But like it could be a bad thing. Well, well there, there's something fun about sneaking around. Like the first time I drank, I, it was at my friend's house while his parents were home, but they were asleep and we were in this tiny room downstairs. <laughs> And it just like I don't know. There's some there's like a fondness to that memory, but I'm also uh, like, maybe it's like maybe it's bad that that was like my first experience. I don't know. Right. I don't want to go like too off the deep end here with this, but I feel like there um, has always been an aspect of initiations in cultures, mm-hmm. whatever cultures that have been about getting fucked up or like <laughs> right. really yeah, stoned, yeah, yeah. Right. whether it's like tribal, like smoking this or imbibing that right. and like getting knocked out of your skull. <laughs> and there's, there is an initiation to that because that's all you've known is your right. own identity. And then like that changes because of some substance all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I guess it's alcohol for some, for uh, for us, right. yeah. I mean, that is There's interesting. Other... I do remember like going downtown to bars when I when I turned twenty one, like the first ten times, and being like, okay, I feel like we're all kind of collectively pretending this is a good time. <laughs> like, and like, why are we just not? This is like expensive and it's loud and like it's just it's like, am I the only one that doesn't get it? But then over time, I like learn to like it more but well, see, the, the first night I was drinking I got into a, a Pokemon fight with my friend I was a Pokemon and I, I <laughs> used Surf and I attacked oh him. I thought you were got into a fight about Pokemon no, no, no you guys no, were pretending to be Pokemon were pretending to be Pokemon and that was that was an incredible experience <laughs> so I, I got drinking very quickly I was like I get it this is what like, it's I can't, about this is hard to get away with at this yeah. age unless I'm drunk that's true <laughs> I did a somersault. Everyone was like, "You have to do a somersault." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was equally amazing. But I mean, yeah, drinking can be fun. Getting fucked up can be fun. Yeah, especially and, when you get into a Pokemon fight. Yeah, especially uh-huh. that. And sometimes you take it too far. I think like is it's about the gray area, the, right? The mixture of everything. I recently got. Hired at Palmini, uh-huh. the Russian dumping place. In right. town. Oh, nice. Yeah. nice! Oh, you must see some interesting things. <laughs> I do see some interesting the things. spectrum of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's in a fun way though, because it's mm-hmm. a fun environment. And I went there for so many years for right. a really, you know, Palmini magical experience of getting dumplings, these magical, tasty, tasty 
nuggets of food <laughs> right <laughs> at the end of the night of when you've been drinking for a while or when you're sober they're even still good yeah. it's amazing and uh and <laughs> just meeting everybody there is it's pretty fun and sometimes we we have a little drink on the job right. and that's fun <laughs> and they're like it can get the words flowing right and just put me in this state of mind that feels less like when you're writing, you know, the writer's critic sort of thing. Mm. But when you're speaking, it kind of gets rid of that. So the right, words right. just flow a bit more. Right. So that's one thing alcohol seems to do. Yeah, you're not yeah. self-editing as much. It's yeah. more just like... Just yeah. Liquid confidence is right. the thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're at 25 minutes. Tell us about... I mean, we, we've gotten yeah. into the childhood. So we could like... Yeah. What, what should we do? Let's just do a question. Can that, can that be yeah. act three? That <laughs> yeah. one? No. We, 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 we liked it. I like it. So we'll just, okay. we'll just yeah. this is act two. This yeah. is great. No, it's I mean, we'll just I'm do enjoying. the question. We'll just get into yeah. the question. Uh, and I cycle between how I like to phrase this question. So I, I haven't decided. Yeah. But you I'm never just, consult I, me about yeah, it? Well, just kidding. I, 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 I make know. you ask it every time. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Fire away. So uh, have you ever dealt with depression or anxiety or just mental illness in general? And if so, how has that affected your creative process? I have. I have. I've dealt with some anxiety and some depression and uh it is a challenge on the creative process because it feels like you don't have the energy for that yeah totally or your energy is going somewhere else uh, i feel like i have a very active mind mm-hmm. and um and i can think back to sometimes it still happens um, but it harkens back to finals week in college. Right, yeah. When I'll wake up mm. and just have a really busy, 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 busy week ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And just have this sort of like... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, um, sense of a little bit of dread. Yeah, yeah. Just like, holy shit, okay, like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, and it's gonna be intense, and I... Um, and sometimes I still have really busy weeks and I'll wake up and I'll feel that way every once in a while. Though I think it's gotten a little better since school. Yeah. It doesn't happen quite as often. For sure. Mm. And, you know, it's just like your mind is cluttered. Like my mind is cluttered and uh, and then I guess I'll find that I'll have a creative release. Like I'll sit down and I'll write. Uh-huh. Whether it's just journaling about my anxiety or um, picking up a guitar. When I was young um my parents got divorced when i was about 14 and um i would go and i would just play drums mm-hmm. i would just like hit something yeah totally just to do something mm-hmm. and i would get out of my head that way and so then it would be this release and so i think that has carried through life with me to now where i'll have this release of music or like putting it into words and a melody and writing it. Yeah. That'll, that'll just be the medicine. That totally. I, that yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find it like is the opposite or like you go to like maybe find that release and it's just like blocked or like you just can't like yeah. get it. And like, I don't know. I've, I've noticed for myself at least like that, 
that makes me more frustrated and like more like anxious yeah, or depressed. It's yeah. just, it's kind of like part of the the buildup of the tension and the release because yeah, yeah, I've totally had those moments too where emotional blue balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah, it sucks. Um. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, do you have siblings? I do. I have one younger uh, brother who's seven years younger than me, and then I've got three um, step-siblings. My dad remarried a couple of years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, would you say that... So you were 14 when your parents separated. Does that... Did that make a play into you wanting to go into a comedy field? Ooh, interesting. Yeah, question. I mean, it doesn't have to be the play, but like, <laughs> does it? Does it? Did it? Uh, did it affect no, that? Yeah, that is an interesting question, but I really don't think so because I can think back to first, second, third grade, and I, that was the f- same class for me. It was like one group class of first, second, third, mm-hmm. and there was this whole little graduation ceremony, and I remember every person or every other person. Um, the whole deal was that you're graduating third grade and everybody goes around and like says a little blurb about you <laughs> right. or about how they feel yes. about you and everyone was graduating like, graduating yes, Jake, you are so funny and you make me laugh. <laughs> so I know that I was doing that shit right. as early as Long then. Long before. Yeah. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As early as that. That's just like, I remember having this existential crisis in like first or second grade. Oh man. At recess. We were coming oh, no, back. Recess. At recess. Yeah. Coming back in to school, lining up to go back into the classroom, and <laughs> I would do all these accents and voices yeah. and weird characters and stuff, even back then, and uh, then I remember having the thought of, like, what does my real voice <laughs> sound like? <laughs> I don't know. And then I, I remember, like, testing it out and be right. like, ha, ha, uh, what if I'm doing a voice and like the self doubt just crippling me? You're like, I, what if that's like uh, not my voice and I don't right. know my voice yeah. is? And just it's really... like dyeing your hair a bunch of times. Like I don't know what my original hair color is. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, losing myself uh, <laughs> early on. Uh, so uh, just uh, getting back to like the music and stuff. So yeah, uh, when you're writing, like I guess, like if you are like using it as a you know a funnel for like expressing yourself when you're like frustrated or anxious or whatever, like mm-hmm. uh, how does that come across in like the lyrics or the music? Like how do you try to like I don't know get that across to the audience? Um, I think I try to get it across lyrically for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I try to write the songs lyrically that mean what I feel. And what I say, and sometimes it could be like awkward or embarrassing to perform mm-hmm. that. Totally, yeah. You know, and but I think that's important to do is to like say what you feel mm-hmm. and be performing that. That's important to me. Um, and so I, I sometimes try to imagine myself. It's it's this weird mental gymnastics I do that I don't know if it always works, and I think sometimes it even inhibits me of like trying to imagine myself. Mm performing these lyrics that I'm thinking of in the moment. Yeah. And like, would it feel right? And would totally. it feel right to be singing? Um, but it's just an, an an overall feeling of, like, what feels right. And mm-hmm. if I feel that words aren't right, it just, you know, I feel twisted inside. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not quite right. And yeah, so yeah. I'll try to put the effort into finding the right words. Totally. Though it sometimes takes years or just forever <laughs> yeah 
Well, and do you find like yourself connecting to old songs in like new ways or just like find mm. like what's that like <clears throat> feeling like when you're playing a song that you wrote like five years ago or, or do you play songs that you wrote five years ago? I guess I do. Um, yeah, it's it's like some of those emotions have faded mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, but it feels like part of who I am. And so I own it. I try to own it. And um, there's still part of me that feels like I'm trying to get better at tapping into those emotions while I perform. Yeah, totally. And, and, and there's the mechanical aspect of singing and playing at the same time. And then there's, that's like the outward expression, right? And then there's like the inward tapping into the emotion. Right. It's right. like a way where it's coming from versus just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've felt that where it's, uh, felt like just going through the motions and that doesn't feel as good. Like, totally. Yeah. As going from a place of genuine emotion and expression. I think that is really important to me to like mm-hmm. feel like I'm genuinely expressing myself. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to talk about anything else in the second act before we go on to the low stakes act? Uh, <laughs> feel free to say no. Divorce happens. It sucks. Okay. It sucks sometimes. Yeah, we can. I mean, yeah. we can get back into that if you want. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is a part of my life mm-hmm. that yeah. happened, and it sucked, and it really made me sad at the time that it happened. Maybe really, really, really sad. Didn't ever think that my parents would get divorced. Though in retrospect, like looking back, they had been separated off and on throughout my childhood. Mm. Oh, gotcha. Uh, How did that affect the relationship with your brother? Because it's a seven year, seven year age gap. Seven years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it made me incredibly um, big brotherly towards him. Mm-hmm. I, I just love him so much, and I want to take care of him, and I right. want only good things to happen to him. Right, and I care about him so much in right. this protective way. Mm-hmm. Right, because uh, seven is a that's because seven versus fourteen. Those are you're, you're going to experience that event in two very different. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, how did, how did your role in like the family change at that point? Um, I feel like I had to grow up and, uh, you know, face some harsh realities and be a big brother though. I think it, I struggled with it at first Mm -hmm. and like taking the lead and reassuring my brother that everything was going to be okay. And so I think, Mm -hmm. I think like at this point in my life, since then I've, try to really make up for that a little and just really be there for him. And I still care about him a lot, but yeah, I don't know. It was a whirlwind. It was a yeah. whirlwind and it happens sometimes. I guess it happens more often than not these right. days. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, uh, so probably more people than not understand what you may be going through. And <laughs> right. so, um, so what was high to sc- talk about? Well, so what was high school Jake like? What was, I think high school Jake was very much, uh, very much happy in some ways and mm. like very happy go lucky and creative, um, but didn't have much of a base. Um, didn't feel like I uh, had a lot permanent to rely on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that. I don't know. I think that has influenced the way I am today where I um, embrace a lot of new things. And sometimes I struggle with 
more long-term relationships right sometimes and um yeah it's the kind of thing where you get more perspective on it the older you get right because it happens during influential years of your development where you're like too caught in to be even be able to see or understand well even just high school is so like fat like there's so much going on and like you're yeah you're you're just going through like so many changes at that age that you're like yeah well okay like divorce that's just like all right yeah that's that's only part of it (laughs) yeah Yeah. and then Um, retrospect but yeah so it did ultimately have an effect um on like your relationships whether that be your your friendships or your romantic relationships i would say so yeah yeah i think I think I struggle with, like, to be honest, something I struggle with is mm. simply saying goodbye to people. Yeah. Mm. Um, it'll probably happen after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even on the phone. I'm just like... Even on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I, I find that I've noticed a pattern where I say, like, okay, see you this time. Or, like, I'll say the next time that I'll see you. Right, right, right. This maybe some co- subconscious thing. Interesting. Of, like, I better okay, see you. like I yeah. better see you again. <laughs> right. Like yeah. stay in my life. It's uh, kind of an insecurity, right? Yeah, huh? And so that's just something that I've um, grown to become more aware of and um, work with, and right. you know, come to accept. Yeah. This team. 
Greetings. So I just made the amazing observation that Kevin is like Nick from New Girl. I've never watched uh, New Girl. So comment you below should. if you agree. <laughs> New Girl is pretty funny. I just it watched an funny. episode yeah. yesterday, and I watch an episode every once in a while, and it's really Solid. funny. Yeah. It's good writing. Holds up. And good acting. Like, yeah. It's a good script, and then they execute it well, I think. Yeah. I'm re-watching Game of Thrones at work, because I was watching yeah. Westworld Season 2, and I got really bored. Season 2 is pretty boring. Mm. I got and, bored uh, of Game of Thrones it. and Westworld after the first episode. Yeah, no, I got bored of Game of It took me three tries <laughs> to get into Game of Thrones, and it's now... Like, why, why are you trying three times? That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, it doesn't matter, because on the third try, I, it hooked me, and I get right, it. And that's how they get and you. And now I'm re-watching it, and I'm noticing little things, like... Like, Braum is introduced in, like, episode three, and I just had no idea. Well, I, I had no care. clue. He's not is it, okay, are you, are, you trying th- are you trying three different times because you're like, oh, I can actually see myself getting into it? Well, yeah, I mean, or is the, it just, like, society no, is just yeah. like, here, well, pressure? Because, like, even the first few episodes, like, I could tell it was, like, well-written. It's mm-hmm. got, like, high production value. It's obviously got this, like, everyone loves it, so it's like, th- there's something there. But like peer the, pressure, the, well, peer pressure of, to an extent. But it's like it's just that you can tell it's like a show that's really slow, and it. it but it, like once it gets going, it stays going. I think, and so right. I, I really think that the first three episodes, like the pilot, like rewatching the first episode today, just like while I was working, it was like. How did they? Why did they do this? Like the first ten minutes has no main characters. Like the first ten minutes is just this drawn out, and it's like well shot. Like it's it's a lot of visual storytelling. They introduce the White Walkers, which are like this <coughs> looming presence for the entire show. So I get it, but you need the the fun part of the show is like the political conflicts, the like the the drawn out monologues, or like these these conversations between like these powerful characters. Or, like, these, like, these really interesting characters. And they don't introduce that for, like, three episodes. <laughs> like, you yeah. don't really get See, into it. that, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, my attention span is short. <laughs> but and that, so you gotta, the, you gotta hook me that, right away. Well, no, and that's, I'm and that's fair. I'm my phone. But the thing is, like, it takes, <laughs> it, like, I think it, it's because these characters are, like, pre- pretty fully formed. Like, I, I was surprised because since I've seen the show, I know the characters. And mm. watching them in the first episode, it didn't feel like, like, a lot of pilots feel like, they kind of have these characters that are blank slates and you can see where they're trying to go with them. Whereas with Game of Thrones, on a second viewing, it was like, oh, I can see the character right now. I can see the character that I've seen for seven seasons from now. I can see that in episode one, kind of like like they know who these characters are already. And so like I think that's really amazing, but you don't get it on a first go through. And so I think the first time through, it's like you really have to just be like, I want to figure out why people like this show. And you have to give it like a season. And if you don't like it by the end of season one. You're, you're so not many out. Like, a season is so many out. That to me, yeah. that's like it's overwhelming. Eat, eat this sandwich, but first, like eat this entire loaf of bread. I, plain no, first. No, no, no. It's like a three. It's like a three course meal. It's like a three course meal. Here's your appetizer. All right. Well, this wasn't really satisfying, but I can. I, I can what see appetizers it. are amazing. It's like what you what you're describing is just like here's like some uncooked rice and you have to eat it. Like, <laughs> no, it's fully cooked rice. You just can't appreciate it's it. Fully yet. Cooked. It's fully cooked. It's fully cooked. It's right. fully cooked. <laughs> We've got some sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good show. Yeah, it's right. got its flaws, but I think overall it's I like mean, you don't watch it, do I've seen the first episode, okay. which I hardly remember, right. and like <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Some episode yeah. in season three or four. You can't watch gotcha. them out of order. <laughs> Not game of thrones. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, uh but for me it would be it's definitely at this point of like everyone's into it. 
<laughs> and there's so much it's pressure for, for good yeah. reason I, honestly for good reason i didn't watch it until this year and i i'm like i'm a i'm a believer in game of thrones right. i mean i'm not saying it's bad because i haven't i haven't watched it obviously but yeah. i just i can't, can't i can't get can't. past that bowl of uncooked rice i just <laughs> I, I, can't like, do I honestly I can't don't do blame it. anybody for not getting into it because it took like i said it took me three tries over the course of like four years to like get, even like get past the first few episodes that long? yeah Whoa! I just well, I tried watching it several times, and I would like rewatch the first episode, and I'm just like, ah, it's so slow. It's such a slog to get through, and I would just like not watch it, and then forget what happened, and then uh-huh. have to start over again. Mm-hmm. And right. then I finally, because I work trimming weeds, so I just like I needed a show to watch that had a lot of episodes. So that's what got me through it. Honestly, <laughs> it was the fact that I would like just needed anything on uh, while I was working, and I made it past the first few. And it really gets cooking. <laughs> that rice, that rice mm, gets that cooked. Rice. <laughs> okay, okay. Sometimes I lay awake at night thinking about how Harry Potter should have been a TV show. <laughs> like it was like should it, it have? Was, should yeah. it have? I think we over. I think we. Like, yeah, it, it was is, like. Is that the case? I mean, like uh, the Harry Potter movies were made like right before like the second age of like TV. Yeah, like came out like mm-hmm. it was like right before like mm-hmm. Breaking Bad and Mad Men like yeah. all came out and like. Just wasted hours and money went into making these like very okay Harry Potter films. Yeah, the movies and are like bad. The, the medium, yeah, the medium for for Harry Potter one hundred percent should have been television. It could have been way better if it was TV. See, see my hesitation there is like, and I need to reread the Harry Potter books because they were really important to me growing up. Yeah, and like I really loved them. Have and- you read them? Heard them? Have you read the Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you, heard, have you heard of Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. Have you read the Harry Potter books? Sorry, which? <laughs> um, yes, I've read them. I've okay. read them. I've seen them. I'm a fan. Okay. I've read both, but maybe they'll remake them as a TV show they in better. like five years or something. Yeah. Make me it, the show. It'll be big. Yeah. It's like it's a <laughs> right. cultural phenomenon. Right. Yeah. I my hesitation is just that like. I've soured on it a little bit just because I feel like J.K. Rowling is up her own ass about it, and I get it because she right. like came from nothing and made this like sensation, yeah, but she right. keeps like making at like amendments to the Harry Potter franchise, and it's right. just like, or she's just like makes clarifications, and right. there's no like textual evidence for right. it, or like, right. like even the little thing like. Dumbledore was gay and it's like there's right. not really any ev- like I mean if you wanted that to be true like make it true in the right. books right if I don't know there's and then like all the 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 expanded lore of the Harry Potter universe it's just like ah, I'm just I think it's yeah I kind of feel, almost feel bad for her a little bit because I think she's just like she let the fandom like affect her and right. like just like impede on her like consciousness and her sanity almost and just like she's on twitter constantly and well i think like people like constantly are comparing things to harry potter they're just like this is just like harry potter when (laughs) such and such and such it's like harry potter is like a classic tale of good versus evil so you can literally like compare anything in the world to this but that doesn't mean it's like a worthwhile compare i don't know i'm just like i'm just sick of it Uh, yeah we're we were pretty saturated in it here there there but I remember hearing about her basing those all those books off of some old, like, Greek or Latin, perhaps, mythology. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what, um, but that, like, there was a question of originality to it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, she's just taking this story format and reframing it. Right. Type thing. Hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't, I mean... I would almost commend her for making Dumbledore gay for, yeah, yeah. for like giving a voice to readers, perhaps of like a powerful character. Even right. though 
I would agree that there's really no contextual well, totally. evidence. And like, it's for great. It. Like, that's the thing is, like, if he's gay, like, that's awesome. Give him a voice, but, like, it, mention but even, him sucking dicks every yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Even, like, the thing is, like, appara- apparently Dumbledore has, like, a relationship with Grindelwald. Uh-huh. And in fan- and there, there's, like, that big controversy of, like, in Fantastic. <laughs> and I also hated Fantastic Beasts. And, like, yeah. yeah I really yeah. hated it. But apparently in the sequel, there's no mention of the relationship between Dumbledore and, in, uh, what is it? Grindelwald. I just said Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Yeah. yeah. And like, there's no mention of it, and it's like, if you ju- you're like made a big deal about how Dumbledore is gay, and it's like canon that why he had this not, relationship. Why did you like, not push this? Right, point? exactly. Right. Like yeah. this could actually be representation, but it just feels like I, I I don't know. That's what's frustrating. Is like I feel like the books were like this mat. Like it, it was somehow they were great. And then now the more that the Harry Potter series is like out there, the worse it gets. Like PS, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah, everything that came after book seven is just like like maybe it's oh, yeah. to promote her own image. Yeah, it, well, it looks right. like she's cashing in like, hey, I'm like this social justice warrior, like give yeah. me my points. Right. But, right. It's like, points. You, you didn't write yeah. that. Yeah, though. yeah. It's not in the movie. Like, what? Right. what you, that's not You're representation. Just, you that just was a saying tweet. that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I don't know. That, but that's like a, I don't know. Like, it is cool that that's the character, but give us some evidence in anything other than just statements by the author, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my point is, should have been a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Should have been a TV show. It could have came out every year. The kids would have aged appropriately with the release of each <laughs> season. I've thought about this a lot, so... You I, lay awake at night. I lay awake well, at night the, thinking the, about how it should have been a TV show. Lie? Yeah. Lay? Lie? I lie. What happened for series lie? unfortunate events? Either series one. unfortunate events was a movie. And the movie I was the just about to good, ask you right, guys about that. Have you watched the Netflix? I've, I've seen I've, some of it. I've only seen some I of it. Like and the, the, I have the opposite view. I actually like the movie the better. The movie is really good. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I, I I think it should be a TV series. I haven't watched mu- yeah. much of it because I've been wanting to reread the books because I'm like foggy on the books now. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I'm like so far detached from that and it was like such a big part of my childhood that I like want to reread them first. But that's probably a waste of time. I should probably just watch it. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you seen it? I, I've yeah. been keeping up with the Netflix series uh-huh. and I think they did a better job of capturing the overall feel of the book and that's I think because they had the author, whatever his real name is, Lemony Snicket. Right. Yeah, I can't remember. Involved in the yeah. screenplay. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they've got um what's his name who does like Kronk and Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does Lemony Snicket. Oh, okay. oh cool. And if you've that. seen, you know, he's like Hello, my name is Right. <laughs> and this classic voice. And it's like so yeah. somber and perfect right. for that's it. That's awesome. And um, I think they did a really good job in this series. And how's Neil Patrick Harris in uh, Olaf? Like uh, versus uh, Jim, Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey, I feel like Jim Carrey so was such good. a good yeah, casting choice. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I, I think those are two good casting choices. I I felt weird about the movie with Jim yeah. Carrey when it came out. How they mm-hmm. changed the order, right, right, of the right. That, right. Like, yeah, that, that definitely threw me off too. Yeah, just, you know, and they did some things in the Harry Potter movies like that too. It was just like right. why. Yeah, yeah, like why is this, and, and yeah. I guess the answer is probably like pacing, right? Like movies I, yeah. are just paced. They do it in Lord of the Rings too. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, Shelob is supposed to be in the second book. I don't remember who that is. It's, it's this big giant spider, spider that like attacks oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be in the second book, and they just like oh for like pacing wise, we wanted to move it to the third. Yeah, I mean that's the reason. problem with movies in general, because right. like like that's the reason I feel like the Scott Pilgrim movie will never be as good as the books is because like they have to fit so much information into like an mm-hmm. hour and a half, right. and it's like. 
what kind of like the even just the in world timeline that you give like I, I, to go with that example like the Scott Pilgrim movie takes place over two weeks and the Scott Pilgrim books takes place over like a year and a half or something mm-hmm. and so <laughs> right so it's yeah. just it's just weird that they have to make like in, when you're doing adaptations like the sacrifices yeah. you have to make just to make it fit the format but yeah I mean like movies are all show don't tell and books are tell don't show <laughs> obviously like, <laughs> books. Um, that's super obvious yeah. and true but I've never really thought about well, it that I, way yeah. I think it's just different because show don't tell usually means like don't spoon feed the subtext in a lot right. of ways or don't sure. like just have a character say exactly how they're feeling like yeah. have them say a line and then like there's more meaning than is on the surface so you can right. still kind of do that with, no, I mean, I mean, so I mean like if you're books. reading Harry Potter and Hermione gives like this really long exposition-y monologue <laughs> it's more acceptable when you're reading it as opposed to when she says it on screen it's like yeah. it feels a little more hokey yeah um that's my hot take on Harry Potter. <laughs> hot uh, indeed. What are, you, what are you watching nowadays? What are you listening to? What are you consuming? Movies, music? I, um... That was so many questions. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Pick one. <laughs> well, let's, let's focus it a little bit. Uh, what are some of your biggest, like, musical influences, yeah, influences. Uh, lately? That's, that's what I said. <laughs> right. Thank you for interpreting. <laughs> John 6. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. I like working here. Um, I, (laughs) I've been super into Sylvan Esso. I was really into their album that they put out last year. Um, it's really good, like bedroom electronic pop music. That was their first album. And then they like elevated it as far as production goes. And it was like just really solid Mm -hmm. pop and like higher production value and sounded really, really good. Um, so that's been a big influence on me. Father John Misty a little bit. So okay, there's this yeah, whole yeah. like aspect of him and his personality where it's like he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh no. And yeah. that has become apparent, I think, to the public. It's like not a character entirely, it's just kind of him. Yeah. <laughs> that may, that can be hard when like It can oh, be. Yeah. Cause you're like you you connect to the music, but then you're just like, ugh. Yeah. But I still think his first album is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. He just came out with an album that I've been trying to get into and have been getting into some like, okay, cool. I think, st- I think he still has a really unique and interesting voice. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that like the sound of his voice, like his writing voice, though I do also think his voice is good and interesting. Yeah. Um, but like his point of view, totally. Yeah. Just so cynical and <laughs> sarcastic <laughs> and like, dark but still finding some a lot of meaning yeah in life and the nothingness that he lives in apparently <laughs> uh how how do you feel about connecting with the art versus the artist are you constantly making that distinction or is it is it can it not be two things for you i think it has to be kind of a conscious thing i okay. think there's this intuitive um part of me that's just like recognizes a tune that I like. Right. You know? And then there's a deeper thought behind it that's like, who's the person behind right. this? Right. And what do yeah. these lyrics mean? And gives you what's the message sometimes here? Sometimes a skin crawling feeling a little bit. Right. That feels weird. Though right. it's still already been implemented in your brain. It's like, this is really catchy. And right. this earworm... This hooked, yeah, this sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. You're right. If if like if it's like catching enough, you're like, oh no! You're like your foot starts tapping. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, like it's, exactly. it's too late. And there's no going back. <laughs> yeah, I I know for me, like I definitely like can't 
separate art from the artist. Like the thing is your, your experience is usually the art first. And so like your experience mm -hmm. might be that like you love this thing. And for me, it's like, if I really love a piece or like connect with some like work of art, whatever it is, I'm always like, I, I'm just like the kind of person who has to like research who did this? Like uh, what else yeah. have they mm -hmm. done? Like what, like what was their childhood like? You know, like I'm really interested in the Get story. Get them on the show. <laughs> well, it just, it, I think it, it gives you a context for the piece of art. So like if it's like an album, it like, you know, and then you, you just read that they're an asshole or something like for right. me that like changes how I view the piece of art. And so I can still view it like from a, a craft perspective and be like, okay, like I can still get behind like this album and like enjoy it. Right. But it definitely like detracts from um, my enjoyment of it or like mm -hmm. maybe even if it doesn't detract it's like there's another my favorite artists are usually the ones where I hear it I like it I like look into who this person is I get their story and I'm like captivated by that and I see that they're like I can see their like their arc from like album to album of their growth as a person and like mm -hmm that just makes me appreciate it so much more. So it's, it's less so that like, if I, if I dislike the person who makes the art, I think I still connect with their art on like the same superficial level that I did mm -hmm. the first time. And I still can like really love it. But for me, it's like my favorite artists. It has to be the people that I just like connect with their art. And then I connect mm -hmm. with them as like a person. And it mm -hmm. just like, I don't know, it pushes it to this place of just like, like all the things I consider masterpieces are by like people right. who I think, have something to say or like how are, are like these, I don't know, just really interesting people and have interesting stories. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think music is the easiest well one for me to make the distinction, which I think, well, I think we've talked about this where it's the hardest one for you to make the distinction. Yeah. Between like, I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, the, like, com yeah, comedy, yeah. Uh, comedy is, is the hardest one for me to like, to separate like, Oh, this person sucks in real life, but that was a funny joke that he made. So like, I'm just going to appreciate yeah. the jokes that this he or she made. And it's like, well, I don't know. They're so how they represent themselves on stage and how they represent themselves off stage. There's like such a small distinction. Whereas like artists, it's just like, Artists are like musicians are just like weird. Like, I don't know. Like, is this, is this yeah. really what you're like on stage? It's like all the time. Like, I, I, like, I just imagine that you're somebody else off stage. Like, well, I actually kind of I think I agree with you. I think comedy is the hardest, like even harder to like, because I just think comedy, like they're making fun of something. And so it right. like, matters who they are and what they're making fun of. Like, right. And they're like, there's no they're just talking about like, I don't know. I, I right. think that that's even harder. And they're just like, Hey, this is the real me. And like, <laughs> right. this is like, this is like, I'm like, I'm like myself up here. But then like, when you see like, like a rock star and they have like this weird outfit on them, it's like, you're not, you're not that person. <laughs> you're like a superstar that like exists on like some other level. And I don't have to relate to that. Again, that's not all artists, but that's, I'm yeah. like mainly describing like top 40 type people, but yeah. I don't know. That's a different world. Mm -hmm. It's it a totally is. different world. No, there is. I definitely have outfits that I wear when I'm doing a music show <laughs> and when I'm doing like an improv show. Like it's different. I, I'm going for a different look. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, do you, what, how do you dress when you do like a show? Do you just like put on whatever you normally wear? Or? <laughs> no, dude. I mean, look at me tonight. I wore my fancy ass shoes. I just came <laughs> nice. from a show before right, this. Right. Uh -huh. I came. I did um, an improv show at. Boundary Bay. Mike's uh -huh. outdoor improv. <laughs> some outdoor form. improv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short form, so I wore my, Got like, some free food. Light, yeah. Uh -huh. It was, oh, I love those, yeah. those shows. They're so much fun. Yeah, they are. Oh, blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> uh, but I wore my, my light shit, my light clothes in general. But I totally know what you're talking about. Just, like, thinking about... <laughs> presenting yourself a certain way <laughs> right yeah for the audience and depending on what the audience is gonna be what you think it's gonna be right and trying to address that <laughs> it's it's funny it's yeah funny. 
because it's supposed to be about self-expression. And then it's like self-perception from someone else. Although I like I, I do see clothing is like a form of expression too. And yeah. so yeah. but it is weird. Like I definitely like I don't know, there's an aspect of my music that's punk, and there's an aspect of my personality that's punk. And when I'm like playing music, I definitely like dress in my most ripped up clothes. <laughs> like, right. like that I sometimes I don't wear all the time normally because they're so ripped up that they're like a pain in the ass to walk around in. But for a music show You only have right. to stand still exactly. at, the, at the guitar, you know, and the microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't like I don't know if it's like dishonest or like if it's just like kind of playing up that form of expression visually almost like it's almost right. like this is kind of like gonna aid the sound because like you're seeing <laughs> my torn no, up jeans yeah I agree with that I, I see I, some I, torn up jeans and I like, agree yeah. with that I yeah. think that's yeah. important uh-huh. I think that we're all creative people here in this room uh-huh. and people listening to this and that there's different ways and avenues of expressing that yeah and right clothing is part of that and there's mm-hmm. the music there's improv there's drawing there's all these different ways and we're all just like tinkering and stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's fun. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. You have your, you have your outfit, your costume. Even like when I do stand up, like my jokes are pretty like clean cut, straight edge. And so like mm-hmm. my, like, clothes reflect that like i wanted to be like a, like a nice button-up shirt and like like jeans and like i want to be looking like job interview-ish almost <laughs> like when i'm on stage because yeah. like i like my jokes to have like be to the point with like right angles huh. um and not like i don't know i'll never like wear like shorts on stage or something because like, that, that like just presents a different like image <laughs> like, you heard it here yeah. like, <laughs> if he just ever like wears shorts very, ever, ever, like, ever it's like such a subtle difference <laughs> very very subtle difference between like wearing jeans to wearing shorts could like I'm like oh it'll affect it'll affect the funniness of like, totally. whatever I'm saying yeah. I don't know if that's true but it's, that's just how I feel I think it's subliminal mm-hmm. and totally there and <laughs> that's why we do it hashtag we can't help but do it kind of what it, it's funny because even like doing improv in my basement is different than doing improv at the upfront. Like doing improv at the upfront. Also, like I've gotten in trouble for wearing uh, pants with a hole in it. <laughs> so I have one pair of pants that doesn't right. have holes. That's oh my, my upfront performance upfront pair of pants. <laughs> and like when I'm in my basement, it's like I'll perform barefoot, like uh-huh. whatever's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's just a different, it, it's interesting how like a different space gives a different vibe. Like, like right. it definitely, like it's literally underground because it's a basement, but it's like <laughs> underground improv. Like we're doing everything weird. That we've always wanted to do that Chris Erickson, the artistic director, won't allow. <laughs> and then the upfront, I've definitely like like I had a set because uh, for the the GBU uh, uh, eight o'clock show is just kind of like open improv. Whoever's on the cast can show up, mm-hmm. and those are the shows that Ryan Styles performs at. Uh, and so I did a set with Ryan Styles, uh, the arti- and then I did one with the artistic. Uh, the artistic director was in that cast, and then uh, this other guy who's been in the theater for like since it started. And so I went out, and it was like, oh, I have to give like a professional set. Like I have to, like this is not me fucking around. This is me like, ep- like really trying to like do solid improv <laughs> and. I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting that the, a different setting or a different cast or a different, like, whatever changes the way, like, I don't know, the art is presented. Yeah, a different filter for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for that creativity to come through, that in the moment, saying whatever is right in the moment, what's vibing between the performer and the audience. Yeah. It's like that collaboration always, kind of. Right. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it's like, it's also, like, it's tricky because in that setting, too, it's like, I want to 
do my, like what's true to me. Like I don't want to yeah. just like sell out my improv or my creativity or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I think, I think a filter is kind of, it's like, what am I, I'm not going to do this because the people I'm performing with aren't going to get it. Or it's like, right. you know, I'm, I'm doing what is going to connect with this group in front of this audience right. at this time. Yeah. What know, serves the show. Yeah. It's whatever serves the show. Yeah. I don't know if do you want to get into the takeaway now is because we other our other acts ran a little long. Oh yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it. So mm-hmm. I, I kinda I gave you time ahead of time to think yeah. about this. Yeah. So you have something good. It better be, it better be amazing. Good. <laughs> Shoot, uh, me. So, <laughs> Shoot me. Shoot me. Shoot me. Yeah, this is the takeaway. Uh if someone fast forwarded <laughs> to just this sound bite, uh-huh. uh what would you want them to be left with? Drink and, IPA. Yeah, it could be it could be <laughs> advice. Uh it could be just like a hidden fact about yourself and be whatever you want. Yeah. Um Wow, you did give me time to think about this. <laughs> Everyone has the same reaction if you that makes you feel better. Yeah. It does make me feel better. I think I would say um thank you. Just thank you for being interested. Thanks for listening and thanks for um <laughs> being you person. That's enough. You're enough. You rock. I love you. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's a great takeaway. Great takeaway. Yeah. Cool. Let's get some, some plugs. Yeah. What, uh, what do you get to ooh. plug? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Check out the co-founder um, on Spotify and Facebook and Instagram and all the social medias and stuff. That's mm-hmm. the band I play drums and record in. And the new album's coming out. New album's coming out. Yeah. Like beginning of August. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Super excited about that. And we'll be coming to a town near you in September. Um, we're going on tour for like five weeks. And uh, I think that's the main plug I have. Yeah. And Vervex will be doing a show in my basement uh, <laughs> sometime in July. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Details uh, to come. Details to come. We'll be back. Maybe they'll be in the outro of this video or this uh, podcast. This video. <laughs> You're recording this on video? I'm always recording. <laughs> Is it coming out of the dog banister? <laughs> Is that where the camera's in behind? Yeah. Oh, that the dog vest. Yeah. <laughs> you got any plugs, Kev? Uh, just... That it's hot in my bedroom. Uh, <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter at k underscore hoog. Um, I'll put out an album someday. Uh, <laughs> I have eight acoustic tracks recorded on a thirteen-track album. Right It'll on. be done eventually. It'll be done eventually. Is what we've said. <laughs> yeah, two yeah. years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. All no, right. eight's enough. For an album, I've listened to eight album. I've, I've eight got the albums. thing is I've got the trajectory of the like the the met themes on the album. It yeah. has, I've got to do all 13 songs. I know the it's, 13. I, I feel it. I feel it. I need yeah. them all. Well, I got no plugs. No plugs. Cool. All right. Jake, well, thanks for being Jake, on the show. Thank you so much. We've been wanting to have you for so long. So long. Like, yeah. I feel, I feel we like we originally tried to have you like two years ago and it just didn't work out or something. Thank you so, 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 yeah. so much for having me. It's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Oh. Sweating with you up in this. <laughs> sweating it up. Hot, hot room. Kevin, hit. Hit it. Hit that button. Thanks for listening to The Process. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the process with John and Kevin. Or you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Actually, do that first. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash the process with John and Kevin. Follow us on Twitter at Process Podcast. Uh, donate to our Patreon 
which I've never even collected the money from because we have one donor, and I feel bad <laughs> being Cox. like, all right, one donor, I'm going to take your Cash $5. <laughs> so I just, it's not... Not worth oh, it. We need to make Just at least please. like ten dollars, ten bucks. <laughs> uh, but Patreon.com slash the process. Uh, uh, next week, who we got? Join us next uh, week. We have Tessa Williams. Tessa Williams. Painter. Painter. Improviser. Uh, writer. writer. Uh, nothing else. Uh, nothing else. She can't hold her breath for. <laughs> well, for, I, I guess we haven't tried. We didn't. Yeah, you're right. We didn't ask. Forgot about that. So just assume by default. Everybody can hold their breath for right. at least two minutes. Ten minutes. And John cannot. I can't. <laughs> He's under-evolved. All right. All right. Uh, thanks. Bye. <laughs>